You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're going to get into a subject this month that you don't hear a lot of talking about. You hear a lot on the subject of faith from various different angles, but very seldom do we really talk about the good fight of faith. And um, faith has to be fought for, and you have to see it through to the end because it doesn't always bring about whatever result it's after immediately. It takes a little process for that to happen. So let me read our text scripture, 1 Timothy 6.12, New King James Version. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. And that's the most important thing that you can go after with your faith is eternal life and all of its privileges. To which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Faith is not a magic wand. It works through a process. It's not like watching a Disney movie and seeing the three fairies coming and immediately changing things. And and that's what we often think about when we think of supernatural power, that things just happen with the snap of fingers. Uh, So because Jesus did so many instant miracles, we often think of powerful faith as an instant manifestation. Uh, God said, for instance, in the book of Genesis, let there be light, and there was light. There was an instant manifestation after he spoke those words. You know, that was not the first thought that God had toward creation. And this is important for us to point out. Before God had faith and released faith in Genesis 1, he had to have hope. God had a hope for creation before he ever released faith for creation. Hope is an important part of this process. He yearned for this creation and fellowship with us all through the ages past. And that's hard to wrap your mind around, so I'm not even going to try to get into that. But I want to turn your attention to the book of Ephesians chapter 3, and I want to show you a picture of God's hope for the church. This is Ephesians 3.1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already. What mystery was it? Well, it was the mystery of the church. By which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. And now when I did a teaching called the mystery of the church, the one thing I pointed out is even the Old Testament prophets didn't see the fullness of the church coming. They didn't understand it. Paul said that they didn't understand it, which in other ages it was not made known to the sons of men as it has been now revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ Jesus uh, through the gospel. Uh, They didn't see it. Now look at verse 9. 
and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things in Jesus Christ or through Jesus Christ. In other words, uh, the church and the new covenant was not an instant manifestation. It was something that God hoped for through all of the ages. It was a plan that he had. It was something that he envisioned and imagined. And the time finally came for it to happen. When it finally did begin to manifest, it did it over a season of time, but by comparison to the eternal past, it was a very quick season of time. And so God hoped before he released faith. And the fight of faith is that process. And we're going to really get into this. God envisioned the church for ages before he brought it into existence. Let me tell you this. This is what hope is. Hope is envisioning a desirable thing or a desirable outcome before it happens. That's what hope is. God literally hoped. And we have no problem saying that God had faith. And we know about the faith of God. Uh, there are all kinds of verses in the scriptures that talk about the faith of God. Uh, Mark chapter 11, when Jesus said, have faith in God, after he cursed the fig tree, the literal translation of that is, be having the faith of God. God has faith. Now, if God has faith, he also has to have hope, because the two of these work together. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul says that faith, hope, and love are eternal that they have always been, they will always be. So hope has to work with faith. We, uh, hope is the vision, faith is the action that makes it happen, love is the motive uh, behind the action of God. God's never created anything with his faith, God's never hoped anything that was not begun with the motive of love. Love is the thing that motivated him always. Now, the creation of the church was a very lengthy process. It didn't happen with the snap of fingers. Uh, Jesus was uh, in transition when he came to the earth to minister. He was ministering as a prophet uh, and actually as an apostle, an evangelist, pastor, and teacher. He fulfilled all five of those offices. I could give you scripture if we had the time. But he ministered under the Old Testament law, and he fulfilled the law, didn't do anything to break the law. He had great respect. And I, I want to stop here and pause for that. God never leads anybody to disavow and disrespect the work that God has done before the time of a new work. And I marvel at how sometimes younger ministers will come up and totally disdain those who have come before them and talk about them as though they're nothing because they have some new re revelation. And, and that's a dangerous place to be. It really is. One of the marks of God's hand on someone is they show honor to what came before them. Jesus never disdained the things that were of God that came before him. Now, Jesus had uh, harsh words for the hypocrites and for people who had corrupted what God had done in the past, and they had changed the very meaning and purpose of the laws of God. Now, he didn't tolerate that at all, but he did not attack the institutions that God himself had established. Jesus didn't do that. Now, let's take a look at this process even further. Let's go to the Gospel of Mark chapter 4. We'll start reading with verse 26. Jesus said this, 
the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Now, think about that for a minute. This is the kingdom. When you throw seed out into the ground, does it immediately grow a plant? Well, the answer is no, it doesn't. And he said, the man sleeps by night, rises by day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He himself does not know how. He can't see all of the workings of the process, nor do we. When God is at work, you and I don't have the benefit of seeing all the works of the process. And one of my friends, Denny Duran, said this, and it's a quote I hope you'll remember. He said, God is always doing more than you think he is. And boy, have I found that to be true. God is always doing more than we think he is. Then Jesus went on to say, for the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head. For the earth yields crops by itself. In other words, the earth is designed to bring forth things without my help. I don't have to make the seed work. The seed has the power to do its thing. I, my job is to scatter it, to sow it. It's God's job to make it work. And the seed has built into itself the power to bring about a full-blown plant. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. He's basically saying that the whole of the kingdom of God, which operates by the principle of faith, he is saying that it works through a process, a lengthy process. It's not always immediate. Now, we think that great faith always works immediate, visible miracles. And I want to show you here the process of how a miracle comes about. So we're going to go to the book of John, chapter 11, and I'm going to read the first four verses here. It says, Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who had anointed the, oil, uh, the Lord with fragrant oil, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. He already knew that there was going to be something amazing happening at this place where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus lived. Now let's go on down to verse 11, same chapter. His disciples were concerned when Jesus started talking about Lazarus. He said, after he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, he said, I go that I may wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, his physical death. Uh, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So before he ever raised Lazarus from the dead, he saw himself raising Lazarus from the dead. He already had envisioned a desirable outcome. What do we call the envisioning of a desirable outcome? It's hope. Jesus had hope before he had faith. It was his hope which led him into faith. You cannot have faith or release faith until you first have hope. And so that is the beginning of this process. Now, let's go to John chapter 11. We'll start reading with verse 41. 
Verse 41, they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, because Jesus had told them to roll away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Past tense. Jesus had already spoken with the Father about this miracle. And he said, I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And that's very much like what God did in Genesis 1 when he said, let there be light. There had to be a point of the release of the spoken word, which is the operation of faith. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth, and Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. So from the beginning of the envisioning of a good thing, it is important to understand that there is a process at work. And when you don't have hope working before your faith brings about the thing you desire, when you give up hope, the process is interrupted. It is a fight. Satan and the world and circumstances will do everything to talk you into giving up on your dream or that thing that you envision. They'll try to get you to let go of it. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, hope deferred or put off or lost makes the heart sick. We were created to have hope. You know, there are a lot of people who are healed just on the basis of hope. They see themselves getting better. They may not even know how to operate in faith, but they have tremendous hope. Doctors will tell you when people totally give up hope, they usually die. And so it's important for us to understand that this whole thing we call faith is not the snapping of a finger to create an instant miracle. It may look to be an instant miracle, but it isn't. It is the end of a process. And the better you understand this process, the more able you will be to fight the good fight of faith. And we fight the good faith or good fight of faith all the time. Let me take you to John chapter 5, verse 19. Fascinating verse. Because what it says is that Jesus saw all of his miracles before he did them. John 5, 19. Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. In effect, Jesus was saying, all these miracles I do, he said, I see them before they happen. I see the Father doing this. I see the Father doing that. That's why Jesus would pray uh, off by himself before he would begin a day's work. He would get alone with God so that he could see what was going to come. I think sometimes he saw things that would happen the day of, and I think that there were other things that happened maybe a year, two, three years before he ever actually did them. I think he was always in the business of seeing the works of God, then the works of God began to happen. That's how God works. There is a beginning, a middle, and an end. And this whole process involves a fight because the enemy, just the way we're wired, we're susceptible to doubt and fear. These forces work to talk us into giving up. And that's why the Apostle Paul tells us very clearly, fight 
the good fight of faith. Now, I have barely scratched the surface with this. So don't run off and try to build anything major in your life based upon what I've taught so far. But wait and get the whole package because we're going to talk clearly about how this process works and how you can have great peace and great faith even when things don't look like they're going your way. It's all the time I have for today, but we'll pick up here later. I'll see you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.